Hey friends, Camila here with Introverted Improvisers and another Spotlight interview, highlighting the variety of ways improv shows up in the lives of others and the ways in which our uniqueness as individual players contribute to the beautiful world of improv. This episode shares a snapshot of Stevie Hansen, an improvised radio show podcast, Live Clickbait. I first began improvising with Stevie in a troupe around seven or eight years ago, and it still holds true that they are one of the best damn yes-anders I know. I can give any weird offer to Stevie, and they will justify it in a heartbeat with no hesitation. I don't know how they do it, but it's seamless, and you'll hear that in their accompanying set called Just the Commercials, where super-fast advertisements are spit out based off a one-word suggestion in the style of Stevie's podcasted radio show commercial breaks. Speaking of which, Stevie is the host and founder of live clickbait radio shows on Spotify, and these are truly unfiltered audio improv. Every weekly episode they record is unedited in one take and posted. While many are outrageous NSFW fun, some are absurdly hilarious, and some even go deep. I owe Stevie a great deal. Guesting on Live Clickbait introduced me to Audioprov, and I felt completely at home doing it. But maybe that's also a testament to Stevie as a leader of a great team, as Stevie is incredibly generous with their time, communication, and accommodating spirit. Speaking of which, in the spirit of community here at Introverted Improvisers, Paloma, our beautiful butterfly of flowers in Antarctica, and a fantastic voice among other episodes, also crosses over with live clickbait and performed Stevie's interview. So she'll take it from here. Hi, Paloma here to introduce Stevie and talk about their journey in gaining more confidence as a public speaker and school counselor through improv. Here's a quick about Stevie. Stevie got their entertainment and improv start in New Jersey, where they improvised three feature-length films and once did an open mic improv bit where Stevie and a buddy were supposed to predict the future when both realized they thought the other person was going to be coming up with the improv. When Stevie moved to the Bay Area and got serious, they started taking improv classes in 2014, got a house troupe and performed there for three whole years. Additionally, they did sketch and added an indie improv team in 2018-19. Stevie performed in a show called Nostalgia Prov, bringing improv to other decades, enhanced with music. Hmm. Eventually, from these core players, Stevie formed Live Clickbait, which was in person and became virtual and audio for the pandemic, establishing Live Clickbait as a podcast. It continues on as a hybrid troupe, and Stevie fearlessly leads with scheduling thoughtful emails and publishing their product. And now to introduce Stevie and their five slashes. Let's uh, let's get to, let's get into it. Let's Sweet. get into it. Let's unpack some bags. Let's do some things. So uh, I'm interviewing you today, and and I think the the first things that we want to know about you, Stevie, are what are your five slashes, your five identifying things about you? Tell us about you. Yes. So um, I'd say five things, <laughs> obviously improviser. Um, mm-hmm. I think overall just entertainer, you know, it's um, not just on the stage, but even little things like, um, you know, when it comes to my friends and I do fantasy football, I write super long weekly recaps. I try to keep people engaged and entertained. Um, 
you know, whatever word you'd say for somebody who's trying to make the world a better place, um, you know, it's part of the reason, a big reason I chose to get into education, um, you know, non-binary person and still figure out exactly what that means as an identity and, um, you know, loving spouse partner. Um, very happy to have someone awesome and supportive in my life whom I love very much, who's also a very shy person, so I won't call her out on here, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we've got an improver, an entertainer, an educator, and uh, I'm sorry, what was your fourth thing? Because I got all, I got all, okay. all uh, ooh, about, about your oh, yeah. spouse. Yeah, non-binary person still, you know, yes. figure out for me what that means. It means different things yeah. to different people, but yeah. It does, it does. Um, let's talk a little bit more about, I know you don't want to call her out, but let's talk about your side of being a loving spouse. So I think for you know, for me, I, I would say that means, you know, finding the perfect person whom you both really um, compliment each other. Like I, a pet peeve, I just say pet peeve, because I guess I had to learn this lesson the hard way too early in life. Like when people look for the soulmate that they say completes them, because I feel like to be happy, you need to be first happy with who you are as a person inside. And then if you are, then you can truly um, give yourself into relationship because then you two can complement each other, really lift each other up. Um, but you still have the internal emotional grounding to be able to, you know, keep yourself level and in control when necessary to do it by yourself. Um, you know, so I, I think for us over the years, it's just been so fun getting to see how we've grown as people, um, you know, to be there through the ups and downs, the goods and the bads. I consider myself more introverted than extroverted. Um, so appropriate enough here at introverted improvisers. Um, so I'm the kind of person that needs to typically, with all due respect to friends and family, like I need time to recharge my battery. But she's one of the few people whom I don't need to recharge my battery around. I can recharge while with her. And I think vice versa for her too. She's more introverted. And obviously that's not the only thing you build a loving relationship on, but it it helps. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's beautiful. It's just hearts all around. Um, so we're going to talk about improv and how it's helped you in your life and how you've integrated it into different facets of your life. Let's start with, with what is your career? What do you do? So I am a college counselor at a public high school um, okay. in, in the Bay Area. And um, so what I do is I work with students of all grade levels, but predominantly juniors and seniors, the ones so it comes to me the most, because that's when they're most thinking about their next steps after high school. So mm -hmm. I'll help them when it comes to setting reasonable expectations and goals for the college application process, the nuts and bolts of what they need to be doing, um, how to apply, um, teaching on financial aid and scholarships, and hopefully when the time, when opportunity presents, imparting good um, little bits of wisdom here and there. I'd say a big part of it comes to um, helping them feel less stressed about the process because yes, I'm there to answer the questions, help guide them. Technically, I mean, a lot of stuff I, a lot of stuff they can find on Google on their own if they want to. Obviously, it's nicer to have an adult you can go to to get in a quick answer. So I feel like a good chunk of it is kind of like the personality, the personableness, trying to help them feel not stressed or overwhelmed with the process. I think that especially, you know, modern times here in the last couple of years, as we've put a lot more emphasis on like mental health and such, mm -hmm. um, that becomes, I think, you know, very critical. Yeah, that's, I mean, that sounds really important. And uh, especially at, at that time in your, in your life, how did you get there? How did, how, what was your path to, to becoming a counselor? Was this immediate? Is this what you wanted to do when you were a kid? 
<laughs> it was, it was, I always want, I think I always wanted to be in education, but I had okay. not as an undergrad pursued it because I felt like, well, it's a lot of responsibility. What if I become a teacher and screw up a lesson and then somebody's not able to get the job they want down the road and they wind up having to, and they live in poverty all because I failed to properly teach them Pythagorean theorem or something like that. So I overthought <laughs> it a lot. Um, so I went undergrad uh, communication studies, which I loved, um, studying the okay. nuances and how people interact, you know, read symbols, things like that, um, which is ironic considering that I also really suck at writing quick and concise emails. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm all about information. I dump. love them, though. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate them. I'm always like, you know what? Let's not leave anything unclear. Let's just give all the info out there. Um, so and I graduated in 2008, and y'all might remember this pesky little recession thing that occurred that mm, year. There was yeah. something going on that year, yeah. Yeah, it was a, <laughs> not the best of times to be living in America or many places in the world. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, well, all my job applications are going nowhere, so I need to do something. Mm. And I read this news story that said, like, there are three recession-proof industries, um, <laughs> healthcare, education, government. And I was like, oh, well, I always wanted to do education, so I guess I'll give it a shot. So um, wow. I did an accelerated teaching program in New Jersey where I got a, um, a uh, teaching certificate for elementary school and middle school math and special ed. Um, I regret not finishing the master's aspect of it. That's on me. Mm. Um, and then I got that certificate, though, summer 2010. And that was also um, earlier that uh, the year prior, the people of New Jersey um, elected Chris Christie governor, who was very anti-union mm. um mm -hmm. yeah so <laughs> the uh teacher and many education districts throughout the state were very reluctant to bring on new staff so i mm. wound up um you know thanks to thanks to my younger sister tina she hooked me up with this she was working at prince interview at the time um she got me in i was doing part i got to do part-time work um teaching sat test prep so my first time actually working with high schoolers instead of younger students and i really enjoyed mm. it um working with that age group you know when they're so close to the next big step in their life and then I eventually got promoted in 2012. I got a full-time job being the uh, full-time manager and scheduler for like all the teachers and their classes throughout the whole state of New Jersey. Oh, wow. Um, it was summer of 2013. I took a week off. Me and my friend Josh went to Chicago, Milwaukee. We wanted to go see a um, mid Midwest baseball tour. And then our last night there, I went to a second city show, which was super fun. Oh. And um, I got to see all these people on stage doing the stuff they loved and wanted to do. And it reminded me of when I was younger and wanted to do performing. I was like, yeah, I kind of like got away from that. I started applying for um, jobs in the company when they opened up in, I was looking at Chicago, Toronto, and the Bay Area, although I kind of like was very dismissive of the Bay Area. I was like, eh, mm. you know, <laughs> it's far away. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll do Chicago <laughs> or Toronto. Um, but lo and behold, the Berkeley office gave me an opportunity. The job I'm at now opened up. So I was like, oh, I'm going to just put my hat in the ring. It doesn't require a master's this district. So let's see. And uh, they hired me and it worked out. Um, so it sounds like you did, you were doing some, some public speaking and some presenting, um, but, uh, you know, improv came in and, and you say that it, it, it maybe helped that. So was this, so after all this presenting, when, when did, uh, when did improv become a part of your life and how did that happen? Yeah, great question. So it definitely made a big difference. So I started taking classes summer of 2014. And while I was mm -hmm. doing some presenting before then, there was definitely a, um, a noticeable improvement I felt as Improv got incorporated. Because a lot of the Ooh. presenting I did before, prior to coming to California, it was mostly in the classroom teaching content. So even if um, you know, I'd always have the most exciting delivery, though I'd 
incorporated jokes when I could, um, you know, there was still like content to fall back on. When I moved out here and I do marketing presentations, things like that, you know, there was a PowerPoint, a presentation, but um, you also had to try to like win over, I guess, people who didn't necessarily want to invest in the product or whatever. It was a little bit different type of presentation. Um, Mm -hmm. So here I had to like be a little more entertaining and fun in the process while looking like the all-knowing expert. Um, So I think as I got more with improv, I got more comfortable going in front of a crowd of people without having all the answers. Um, Mm -hmm. Very much starting the scene with just a basic premise made me way more comfortable in dealing with um, maybe skeptical parents doing a presentation like, okay, I have the basic premise here. I'm I'm going to educate you on SAT, ACT, but I'm going to be totally malleable to wherever these questions might come. Can you think of any examples where you really felt the the powers of improv helped you through, you know, an interaction that maybe before improv wouldn't have gone as easily? Sure. I think, you know, it has helped me a lot with it, you know, be able to fully listen, you know, um, mm. listening skills as students are kind of going through whatever challenges they're facing or concerns or problems in like not diagnosing the problem, so to speak, in the first 30 seconds, you know, but taking the whole story, repeating what I hear, you know, so might be like, okay, mm-hmm. so it sounds like you want blah, 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 is I hearing that correct? So I think it's helped a lot with like better people help them find whatever solution is most appropriate for their situation. I think where it really helped me is situations where like, I might've had a presentation that was supposed to be the entire class period, but maybe because they didn't have too many questions, whatever the reason we got done and holy crap, there's still like 10 minutes left in the class and <laughs> teachers will hate it. If you're like, all right. And you know, back to Mr. Or Miss, whatever to, for the last 10 minutes, you know, so you got to think yeah. on your feet. Um, so having like no pre-planned trivia, whatever, just being able to jump in like, all right, well now we're just going to play this trivia game of things. I'm just going to think of off the top of my head. Um, we're going <laughs> to keep you engaged for the next 10 minutes. You're not trying to rush out the class or be disrupted or be too loud to bother the classroom next to you pre-improv um i think i've been like shit what do we do for 10 minutes so so, uh where where do you see um improv going for you where do you want to where do you want to go i would love to improvise a feature length film which something me and some friends back home did do many many years ago Um, Mm -hmm. but that was before having much experience or anything. I would love to do it again, you know, work with a group of improvisers, have my hometown friends, maybe make a cameo if that's not too much on my part to do. Um, (laughs) Unlike a scene in a montage or one act where you can kind of like adjust things as it goes, like a feature line film, you're not going to film in order. So you just have some outlines, obviously. Like, yeah, be like, all right, scene one, this is what happens. Scene two, like a vague idea. But from there, then just flip the camera on, let the performers know, like, this is the goal of the scene. It's the gist mm-hmm. of it. Just have fun ripping from there. You know, and I think that'd be super fun for us to do. We've kind of joked about some great ideas, which I'm not going to put here because they're not trademarked or copyrighted <laughs> yet. So I don't want anyone stealing them. Um, but I think that would be like a super fun thing to try and do. I think, you know, for me, as far as like within my career goes, something I've definitely been thinking a lot about recently is trying to go back to school to complete a master's program, you know, and I'm not sure if I would do the teaching side of things, I would probably want to focus more on like something in education, but on like a counseling side, or even, um, you know, there's a lot of work being done right now towards social justice and equity. You know, there's some programs geared towards helping with that in education. Um, so I think professionally, that's where I'd like to go. Okay. You know, and, and I would hope that, you know, depending on the nature of what 
jobs I might have in the future that um, you know would help me be more relatable to people who might encounter might have very different backgrounds than myself. Um, I think improv teaches us all to be empathetic to those who are different because you know, mm-hmm. like, let's say you're doing a um, a scripted work. Obviously, you're gonna. Um, in all likelihood, cast a woman to play a woman, a man to play a man, um, you know, a, a person of color to play a person of color, you know, things like that. Um, but on the stage, we don't have the luxury of knowing what characters might be necessary in a given mm-hmm. day. Um, you know, uh, people who have widely different backgrounds. So I think we, to do improv well and successfully, you have to have a natural empathy. So as we, as we are nearing the end of of our lovely time here. Is there anything that you want to share with the world? Big shout out to all my live clickbait family. Um, you know, <laughs> we click so well together. Um, and, you know, I think it's great that we have a lot of modern values. Here's the thing I love about improv versus like, let's say a sketch or a play. With all due respect, Paloma, you're a great actress. And I do a lot of, a lot of like scripted work for me personally, <laughs> at least with my schedule. Like I love improv because you know, we do practice. There's not like that rigorous, like four or five nights a week practice schedule. And you know, I've done that. I get that is a hell of a rush. You go out there on opening night and you really knock it out of the park. You know, that is experience you have Paloma, <laughs> that a lot that I only had frequently in my life. Um, but if you are busy, there is still an outlet out there for y'all. Um, you know, improv, you're practicing. Um, it's a different kind of practice schedule and trust your teammates who you're up there with to help lift you up. Like, don't be afraid to take that stage with a blank slate. And the thing I love about improv is that like you yourself can really bomb on a given night, but if your teammates are picking up, which is the goal, like y'all have a great show. And um, you are also going to be your own biggest critic. Cause I am too. Like when I perform, I will feel like um, I would say it breaks down to like maybe 70% of the shows I do. I feel like are meh, maybe like 20%. I feel like, wow, I was shit, but you all, y'all carried me tonight. Thank you. <laughs> and maybe there's like 10% where I'm like, wow, you know, I was among you all and really killing it tonight. So yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think we, most of us can identify with those ratios because, because uh, yeah, we, we are all very self-critical of each other, but it's a great, it's great fun. I love being the troop with you. I want to thank you, Stevie, for your time, um, your energy, your openness um, with uh, this interview. It's been a really great time. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for interviewing me today. And thank you to Camila Introverted Improvisers for hosting us. I had a beautiful interview with Stevie and loved getting to know more about them. Since the interview, Stevie has announced their non-binary journey to friends and family. And here is their statement. Hey, everyone. Just wanted to share with you all that in the two months since we recorded this interview, I have since you know come out publicly with my news, shared it with everyone, and um, have just been super touched and feel so loved by your kind words, encouragement, acceptance, support. So thank you very much to my beautiful, wonderful wife who's been there through this whole process. We've grown so much closer. I'm so happy for that. Um, you know, thank you very much to my family and friends and to all those great, wonderful people whom I've had the very fortunate opportunity of getting to know through the years. So it means so much to me. Thank you. I love you all. And as a little word of encouragement for anyone who might be going through their own journey of discovery for who they really are, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, don't worry so much about labels in this process. Focus on the things that give you feelings of euphoria and follow those. And if you do that, 
I think, in my opinion, that'll go a really long way towards helping you see who you really are and what is right for you. There is no set timetable for you. Don't feel like you're taking things too fast or too slow. You share your news with the world when you're ready. You don't have to know it all at the time. You can share what you know up to that point, and you can continue to discover more about yourself as you go. It's, it's a lifelong journey that we're all on. So much love and support to you all. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stevie, for letting us join you on your journey in this way. I appreciate your strength and letting us in. In addition to all you've heard today, fun facts we didn't get to cover are that Stevie makes a mean low-carb banana pancake. Yum. And Stevie loves the improv game New Choice, which you'll hear in their fantastically fast and funny set. Whoa! Cool. Be sure to check out Stevie's set and links to projects in their show notes and other spotlights here on Introverted Improvisers. This is Paloma, kicking rocks. And in the meantime, remember, we'd love to hear your voice. We've totally got your back. Bye. Bye.